Hello and welcome to Daddy Never Cried, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories of our fathers. I'm Gary Best and I'm joined by Dr. Cindy Carter, psychotherapist and professor of psychology. Welcome, Cindy. Thanks, Gary. I'm glad to be here. And welcome to our show. Today's guest is Catherine. She's a good friend of ours and uh, I'll let you take it away, Cindy, and uh, welcome, Catherine. Thank you. This is fun. Hi, Catherine. I'm so glad you're here. We get to hear a story about your dad. What's the name of this story? Well, um, looks like poopy. Looks like poopy. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your dad, and then we want to hear the story, why it looks like poopy. Anybody who knows him would say he's the nicest person they have ever met. Um, and, and so I, yeah, can't argue with that. He, um, uh, was married to my mom his whole life. He passed away about five years ago. Um, but you know, he, I think he really set me up good for life, uh, by telling me all the time that I'm the kind of person that will be successful at whatever I decide to do. Well, that's a nice blessing. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that lately. And so, um, you know, that's a little bit about him. And that seems like kind of a tender thing to remember about him. Yeah, I'm feeling really grateful Hmm. um, right now. I guess there were some things that, um, you know, the TV show or things I saw that had me thinking about dads recently. And just really came to me some gratitude around uh, how hard he worked for all of us. And uh, what a, what amazing great dad he was. So I'm, and I'm when really you grateful. Say, when you say for all of us, how many children in your family? <laughs> I'm the oldest of 10. And we generally had either a foster or somebody else's kid for some reason that was living with us too. So um, there was 10 to 13 of us at any time, I guess. Wow. So when you said he did a lot, that was multiplied by at least a factor of 10. That's what I was thinking about is like how hard he worked, how, how hot, what a pressure it must have been to support that many of us. And, you know, my mom didn't usually work because she had a really big job just uh, with the kids. And so I was just realizing what it must have felt like to um, always work so hard, even when maybe he hated his job or something. I'm not saying he did. I just mean, I'm just realizing, you know, all the pressure that he must have had on him. So even though he's been gone for five years, right now, for some reason, he feels a little closer than ever. Yeah, he has really been on my mind lately and in my heart, I think. Mm -hmm. All right. So what's this story about? Well, this is just really a little story. It's like a little incident. But from the moment I heard that I might get to tell a story about my dad, for some reason, this one's really been on my mind. Um, So I'm the oldest. And so this story takes place um, when my first brother was a baby. And so he was the fifth, Catherine, Sandra, Karen, Jody, Kenny. Yeah. So he was the fifth. (laughs) Do that again. (laughs) Catherine, Sandra, Karen, Jody, Kenny. So the first son uh, was the fifth child. And um, I was maybe around 10-ish at that time. And I guess my parents were going to be going on a date because they were taking us all to this drop-in nursery type place, like a childcare place. And I was 
pretty not happy about that. I was too old for that, but I guess I wasn't old enough to babysit all those kids. So we're in the parking lot where we're getting dropped off to this daycare center and Kenny is poopy. Um, and so my dad uh, opens up the back of the van and lays him on the back of the van where he could change his diaper. My dad was wearing glasses. And so when he's kind of leaning over to change the diaper, his glasses uh, came off. And so he continues and he um, changes the diaper and his poopy diaper. And, um, and then he picks up his glasses. He shows us his glasses and there's you know, brown gooey stuff on the, on the edge of it. Right. And so he, um, he shows it to us and we're all like, Oh, gross. What is that? Is that poopy? And he's like, Oh God, that looks like poopy, you know? And we're like grossed out. And then he, he sniffs it and we're like, Oh no. And he's like, it smells like poopy. And we're all grossed out and doing our little screaming thing. And then he licks it. And we scream, <laughs> just like, tastes like poopy. But what it really was, was that he had stuck it in his, in his shirt pocket and he had a candy bar, half eaten candy bar in his pocket, which is another thing like just could be, my dad could have that at any minute, right? And it was sort of melty. And so when he put his glasses in there, it had gotten chocolate on the edge of it. And he just used that to to make us laugh and scream. Um, oh my goodness, if I wouldn't have interrupted you, I would have screamed at <laughs> it as well. Uh, wow, yeah. what a brilliant man. In the middle of all of that was going on, he's going on a date with his wife. That's one thing. He's taking his children to drop them off and they're not happy about that, at least you weren't. That's one thing. His firstborn son has a poopy diaper at the moment when he's supposed to be leaving on his date. That's another thing. <laughs> and then in the middle of all of that, he finds this really creative way to entertain all of you. Holy cow. And he set it up like a pro. So uh, part of this whole project is sort of comparative, different fathering styles, different uh, uh, ways, different traditions, uh, approach fathering and and uh, your family was Mormon is that correct? Yes they were I think so far everyone except me still is. <laughs> so uh, tell us how that plays into fatherhood I mean why it's uh, most Mormon families have several children why is that and uh, and, and and how did that um, affect his fathering style well yeah i think um some people think that mormons don't believe in birth control and that is not the case as far as i know my family it's more you know how you space kids out but my family's decision to have a lot of kids um i'm sure that that being mormon must have influenced it and made that seem more normal to them but dad always said we we're gonna have a basketball team he imagined five boys and five girls, but he got six girls and four boys. Um, but I guess when I think about it, his commitment to family and to my mom um, really made our growing up times staple. 
right? In a ways that I, you know, didn't even appreciate. I think I took that sort of thing for granted, like the stability of the home. And, um, and so, yeah, I think just, just being the sweetheart that he was, you know, and so, so giving and kind to other people. Another story I thought about, but I, you know, I tell this one a lot is just that he would literally, people would come to him to have their car fixed. Right. And so he would take their car to be fixed on the weekend when he wasn't, you know, working all the time, he would fix their car. He would give them his car to drive. He would walk to the parts store to buy a part that he would not tell them about and then not accept any money or anything for, for doing the, you know, the work on the car. And we didn't have a lot of extra money. So when I think about that, you know, I just think that just the level of generosity and people would pay him back by like giving me voice lessons or, or doing stuff for the family. So we all sort of got the reward too of, of all the kind things that he did. So the um, traits that your father uh, what traits would you say he passed on to you that you have affected your life? Wow, I never really thought about that. Um, I think I'm kind. You know, I think just sort of kindness um, in general is runs in my family, all of my siblings, you know, I think are really very kind people that comes naturally to us mm -hmm. and what about your commitment to your family too Catherine yeah you know re more recently I've been sort of having sort of um, odd feelings with my family they're they're more republican and I'm more democrat so obviously you know won't get into all of that but we just have really different perspectives on things right now and we're not talking about it you know our family doesn't really talk about it much um but um but everybody's just so committed to loving each other anyway that um that I just, I guess we could always take it for granted. When I would hear people talk about like family issues, like, oh no, my family's getting together or like drama in the family. I I think, gosh, I, I've never been really much aware of any drama, you know, in our family among the siblings. It, it, might, it might happen and I'm just blind to it, but there's just this sort of basic really understanding of loving and how important the family is and, um, so even with me being kind of the black sheep, the one that's still not Mormon, the one that's not Republican, um, everybody's still, you know, really loving. I was never rejected or, or anything when, uh, when I live a different lifestyle. Mm, so maybe that blindness is uh, <laughs> part of what smooths things out amongst people. Well, the important thing, what's the important thing? And for us, it's that we're family. Yeah, you know what comes first. So the, the name of this show is uh, Daddy Never Cried. It, was your father an emotional man? Uh, did you see him cry? And, and uh, what, what would make him cry? Yeah, well, not, not very often. But I, I will say that he did laugh. When he would laugh, sometimes he would literally roll on the floor. And he would have the kind of laugh where it's a wheeze. <laughs> 
and we thought he would die. Like we really would get so worried, like dad's going to die. He's laughing too hard. Um, but he also could get goosebumps that you could just see. I mean, you could see his goosebumps on his face. So when something was really touching, when something was really kind of special, you know, those kinds of things that give you goosebumps, we could literally see his. And the times I saw him cry, it would be just, you know, just a little bit, but it had to do with, with caring about somebody. And, and it could even be a stranger. He, um, you know, he was kind of shy in a way, but if you went to like this event where there was a lot of people all over the place, he would like look for somebody that was alone and he would go and he would sit, sit with them. Um, so yeah, he was emotional, even though I didn't see a lot of crying. It was more just tenderness. If there was some tears, it was that sort of a thing. Yeah, he had a different way of expressing it. Would you say he was an introverted person? That most of his emotional expression went on inside rather than outside? Yeah, I guess he was um, introverted and um and maybe he's sort of shy, but his need to make other people feel comfortable trumped that feeling of being shy. So he would go out of his way to do things or say things or to speak up or when, when it came to, you know, somebody that he thought needed his support. Um, yeah. But, but he was a quiet, gentle man. I think if anybody who knows him described him, they would say how kind and how gentle um, he was. Mm -hmm. But moved to action needed you know when i was young sometimes he would yell right <laughs> like like what dad really doesn't you know but sometimes he'd kind of like lose his temper and not like not i mean i didn't know what losing temper was right like losing temper was my dad would yell and then he'd send us to the our, to our room for the rest of our life right <laughs> and then he would come and apologize and get us ice cream so we were kind of like oh cool dad just lost his temper <laughs> like uh but he did promise when I was little, when he would apologize for losing his temper and promise that he was gonna get better about that. And he did. Um, and so to me, I have so much respect for that. And like, he saw that he would lose his temper and he, he learned how not to, not to do that. And he modeled for you self-reflection mm -hmm. and self-improvement. That's a, quite a gift. Yeah, I remember as a little kid at some point thinking he was bad because he said the word damn, you know, because like he doesn't swear and, you know, our family didn't swear. And I just remember how, how bad I felt like my dad swears because he said the word damn when he was angry one time. So to me that like that, when I look back, I'm like, wow, that says so much about who, who he is and, and, and what a good man he was. Yeah. Well, this has been great, Catherine. We appreciate you joining us so much. We've uh, uh, been very forthcoming and, and open and honest with you, your father and your relationship, and we sure appreciate it. I'll never look at a chocolate bar the same. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, getting me to think about these things again. Thanks, Catherine. And that's our show for today. Thank you, Dr. Carter. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Join us next time for Daddy Never Cried. And please, 
We're looking for your stories. Go to our website, daddyneverCried.com, and you can learn how to submit your stories for possible consideration for the podcast. We'll see you next time on Daddy Never Cried. My daddy never cried. He never shed a tear. Had trouble showing love. Forget about fear. Whatever pain he had.